The Natural Man Podcast. I have seen amazing um, results. And they're, they're getting alarmingly closer to people's homes. I actually moved from my home of 23 years because... It's such a little-known issue um, that's addressed by most people. I tell people that that was the biggest blessing in my life because... We are back for another episode. Our guest today is a certified building biologist and electromagnetic radiation specialist. Her work involves surveying indoor environments and addressing any environmental health concerns based on her expertise. She's a graduate of the Building Biology Institute and works in the state of Arizona where she provides her EMF assessment services to homes and businesses. Please welcome Liz Menkes. Liz, Thank thanks for being for here today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you making the time. So we've talked a lot about EMFs on this podcast. We'd have we'd had different uh, specialists and people who do similar work to yours. What got you into this field? Yeah, so there was a cell tower proposed less than 300 feet from my home in uh, Walnut Creek. That's a suburb outside of San Francisco where I used to live. And I didn't really know much about it at that time, but... I learned more about it as our neighborhood became concerned. And I actually learned so much about it that uh, a firm offered me a job. They advise uh, cities on the regulation of wireless facilities. So I did that, and but I also wanted to do more where people had more control. And so that's when I went to the Building Biology Institute, got certified, and started doing that work. And as that started to grow, I let the other one go. And um, I actually moved from my home of 23 years because of that, that cell tower. But um, I tell people that that was the biggest blessing in my life because it led me to being able to do this work and making such a difference for uh, people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just such a little known issue um, yeah. that's addressed by most people yeah. and sadly so many people are sensitive to electromagnetic uh, fields and radiation and they don't know it and it's not something that's really addressed in conventional uh, medicine right. um, you know I'm, I'm really fortunate in my own circle just because I know a lot of doctors and physicians and practitioners who address this stuff who actually brought it to my attention when I was suffering with um, with different uh, conditions in the past. Yeah. And so it's just a real, it's a real blessing when you can learn that and make that discovery, make that connection because so many people don't. And like you said, cell towers are just going up everywhere. It's like every time I drive down a street, um, you know, not too far from my home, there's a new tower up somewhere. Yeah. And they're, they're getting alarmingly closer to people's homes, yes. um, which is very troubling. Um, so, I mean, it, it's great that you made that discovery. So tell me, why should we be concerned about EMFs? Okay. So first, let me, people use the term EMF to mean different things. And so first, let me just briefly clarify um, the term and, and how I use it. So it's typically used as a catch-all for different kinds of frequencies that people might be exposed to. 
but there's actually four different frequencies that I measure when I go into someone's home and they're measured with different meters, they have different sources and they're mitigated differently. So one is wireless and that's anything, um, it's, the technical term is radio frequency and right. it's anything from cell towers, cell phones, Bluetooth, um, cell phones, anything in the wireless frequency range. And the next one is AC magnetic, and that's typically comes from power lines. And the uh, third one is what we call AC electric, and that comes from the wiring in your walls and cords that are plugged in. And the fourth one is commonly referred to as dirty electricity. Technically, it's called EMI, electromagnetic interference. But all four of these have similar kinds of effects on people right. and it's the most common symptoms the early warning signs that you have an overexposure or sensitivity to it are difficulty sleeping difficulty concentrating the brain fog headaches fatigue those are, I see that over and over with my clients. Now, these can be caused by many things. And so I never say that that would cause their symptom. Um, right. Just reduce it down. But um, wireless was classified as a possible human carcinogen in 2011 because of increased risk for brain tumors. And it's now the leading type of cancer among adolescents. Magnetic uh, fields were classified as a possible human carcinogen in 2001 because of increased risk for early childhood leukemia. Right. So they all have links to cancer, and there's many other kinds of effects uh, from electromagnetic fields. That's, uh, that's really very helpful information, and just because of the nature of my work and doing this podcast, I talk to so many different doctors and, and practitioners and yeah. insomnia is like number one on everybody's list. Yes. It's like, yeah. I, so, I, mean, it, I, I have seen amazing um, results and typically, so there's some stories. If you'd like to hear some uh, stories, I can tell you a, a one or two. Um, yeah, sure. So I had this client in San Francisco, and he slept fine in San, when he was went, well, and he spent half his time in Oregon. And when he was in San Francisco, he could not sleep. And when he was in Oregon, he slept fine. And he'd been to all these doctors. He had tried all these things. He thought it was diet. Just looked at everything, and finally, he had me come to his house. And what I found were two extreme situations. He had Sonos speakers right beside his bed, so he was getting extremely high radio frequency exposure. Right. And um, also the electric fields, it was just the way his house was wired. It just happened to be extremely high, high much higher than what I normally find. So mm. we temporarily turned off uh, two of the breakers that affected that area yeah. and I had him unplug the Sonos and 
this guy, he couldn't fall asleep and, and wake up in the middle of the night, couldn't get back to sleep. And he, I get a call like the next day saying, oh my God, I slept through my alarm. I slept 12 hours. <laughs> and wow. Yeah. So sleep people will typically, if this is the issue, they'll notice something that night when they reduce their exposures. Wow. So it's not even something that's gradual. It's like as soon as you shut off that, that radiation field, the body just begins to align. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's what typically I hear. I tell people, give it two or three days and see how you feel. But sleep, it just seems to happen almost immediately. The brain fog, um, that can take like a few weeks before they'll notice an improvement. But the sleep, tends to be pretty immediate. Wow. That's, that's incredible. And that's yeah. great for people to know, especially people um, listening that might be battling sleep issues because we've, we've addressed that topic a lot on this podcast as well. So, so you talked about some of the electrical fields and I'm familiar with those uh, in the household wiring that can be present. So, so can you talk about some of the typical EMFs that can be found in American homes? Yes. So, um, and, and, you know, we talked initially about cell towers, but yeah. from my experience, actually, the biggest sources of exposures are the devices in people's own homes. And it's the, the cell phone is probably the single strongest source of exposures. And then it's your... A wireless laptop, your uh, your desktop computer, if it's Wi-Fi enabled, yeah. those uh, and your your router, dip, depending where it's located. So, I will show you an example, and I'll give you some numbers so you can understand this. So, I yeah. have here. This is a basic. Um, it's a basic radio frequency meter. It's a good personal meter. I have professional meters for my work, but this one, okay, I don't know if you can see this, but the middle number says about 83, okay? So we like it ideally under about 100, and all you're hearing is some background cell tower, and I'm hardwired, and um, it went up to 148, okay. so. Ideally, we like it about under about 100, and this is microwatts per meter squared. And yeah. if you are over a thousand is considered extreme concern for the sleep areas. So if you are listening to this, if someone's listening to this, and they're on a laptop that's Wi-Fi enabled, um, if I held this up, it would be about 70,000. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's what people live in. That, that's what people's bodies are bathed in every single day. Yep. And people have no idea. And so it's any of these devices, whether it's a laptop or an iPad, can be hardwired. And there's solutions for all of this. So there's, there's really simple ways to um, reduce your exposure. That's fascinating. Um, what are, what are, you talked about RF radiation, I guess 
you just you just kind of laid that out. The the biggest sources of RF radiation, radio frequency radiation, would be the wireless devices, the Bluetooths. Um, is that what you see mostly in homes from that side of the EMF spectrum? Yes, and every house is different, and sometimes it's just bad luck, like where the router is. I was in a house where it was on the other side of the wall to the head of the bed. And that's extremely serious. And um, so it's, it, it's just where they happen to put it. I've been in homes where it's under a child's bed. Um, wow. Yeah. People yeah. just don't know because you can't see it or yeah. you know hear it or smell it. The meter brings it to life for people. So yeah. I'd say in general, when I go into a home, virtually every house has extreme levels of radio frequency somewhere in the house. And probably the second biggest issue is typically electric fields from the wiring in the walls where they sleep. And we resolve that by identifying which circuits are affecting the sleep area and how can that be safely turned off at night? Right. Is that is that the same as dirty electricity? Great question. No. Um, so electric fields from the wiring in your walls, let me back up. These frequencies are classified by how many cycles or hertz per second. They're classified on the electromagnetic spectrum. So electric fields are your sort of clean uh, 60 hertz, 60 cycles per second. Dirty electricity is high frequency spikes that ride along on the wiring in the walls. So it's typically about, um, it goes about uh, two kilohertz to one megahertz. So it's kind of higher than the 60 hertz, but lower than the wireless. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. And okay. it's caused by alternating current, AC. So anything that plugs in like a, an oven or a toaster will produce some dirty electricity. So every house has it to some degree, but certain things produce more of it than others, like um, solar installations uh, are really, can be a really big source of dirty electricity. And there's now makes and models that are clean. Okay. But dirty electricity is, so that's different than the 60 hertz electric fields. Okay. So you're saying every home has some, some form of dirty electricity just by the nature of yeah. the different electronics that we use. And they, they add those distortions into into the regular electric signal that we all use to get our electricity. Yes. Um, now, I've also heard that solar can be pretty bad. I don't have solar on my home, but is now they're making cleaner solar systems. Is that right? Yes, there's actually two. And by the way, it can not only come from your solar, but it can come from your neighbor's solar. Because if you're on the same transformer, it can come in on the electricity being delivered to your house. And then I'll find it in all the wiring running throughout the whole house. And 
there's two uh, brands of solar that are clean that I'm aware of. So one is the Solar Edge HD Wave, and that's clean solar. And the uh, yeah, the other one is the Enphase Micro Inverters. And their IQ7, IQ8, and IQ9 models, which are their most recent models, are, are clean. So we've tested those. And I believe the battery backup for both the Solar Edge and the Enphase are clean as well. Wow. So th did those companies specifically design those with EMFs in mind? No, they didn't. Um, it was kind of an accident. One of my colleagues, her husband is an executive at Solar Edge. So we had a, a talk with him and they did it from a, a sizing and efficiency perspective. And it just happened to be really clean. Um, I believe that Enphase is aware of it and they market it as clean solar. But, um, so I always tell people, if you're going to get solar, get one that's clean because it can be so expensive and difficult to clean it up if it's, if it's not. So what do you do if somebody has a conventional system that might be producing a lot of dirty electricity? How do you mitigate that as a specialist when you go in to help them? Yeah, so there's different filters and I have some colleagues in Florida and they've, they're engineers and um, they've spent quite a bit of time testing various um, filters and they can help but there's, it kind of depends on what system the, the person has. It can depend upon um, the layout of their electrical, how many subpanels they have. So it can be a really challenging situation. Wow. So the million dollar question, and you touched on it earlier, cell phones. And we've talked about this in the past. We, we've done different EMF episodes already and spoken to different people. Um, but, you know, we're just so glad to have you on because this is an important topic when it comes to people's health and wellness in yes. the age that we live in. Yes. Um, you're not using your cell phone. If you have it, do you keep it away from your body? Should it be close by? Okay. What's your take on that? So, um, I have a, I use a, I have a basic phone, um, and I only use it when I'm on the road myself because when I'm at home, there are other solutions. And, and I always, when I do an assessment, I give people a list of things they can do. And, you know, everybody makes their choice of how they use their technology. But for example, you can have a corded phone in your home and you can forward your cell phone to that phone when you are at home. And then you don't have to use your cell phone at all. Um, you can use uh, you can use email. You can, and actually, a cell phone can even be hardwired. So you can text. You can get internet access on your phone by without having any wireless um, exposure. But um, definitely, definitely keep it away from 
your head, that's the most yeah. important. And if I could tell people one thing, just one thing to remember is not to sleep with it by the head of your by your bed if if it's got Wi-Fi or excuse me if it's enabled either with Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or or cellular. And um, people think that if they are holding it in their hand and maybe it's like a couple feet away from them, they think, well, that's safe. But I can tell you that. I measure people's cell phones, and if they're holding it in their hand at about two feet distance, they're getting about 20,000 exposure at their body. And wow. remember, over a thousand is extreme concern. And if yeah. they've got it closer to their body, it's maybe a couple hundred thousand microwatts yeah. per meter squared. And in their hand, they're probably getting a million or two million. That's so, alarming. It is, and um, it's it's very serious, and people are more and more sensitive to this stuff, and most people don't even recognize that it's an EMF issue. I could say that the common like situation when someone calls me is they have all these symptoms, they've been to their doctors, they've been through a lot of tests, the doctors don't find anything. They've tried diet. They've looked at mold. They've looked at chemicals, pesticides. I'm sort of the last resort, you know? And even when I get out to their home, they aren't even thinking that they're sensitive to it or they're just wondering and they're not really even familiar with electrical sensitivity. Yeah, well, it's not something you can see. Right. It's like carbon monoxide. It's not good for you, but you can't really see it or smell it or taste it. So you're, you're chasing something invisible. And so that's why you have to bring in a specialist um, to take measurements with professional equipment. And uh, so, you know, hats off to you for the work that you're doing. And, you know, what's what's really sad is, I mean, who's not on a cell phone right now? right? Like everybody's on a cell phone. And I remember seeing a, a talk from a neurosurgeon uh, several years ago already saying that it was his belief that disease metrics were going to change because our electromagnetic environment has changed. Yes. And that doctors, many doctors may not be able to just keep up. They're not going to be understanding why they're seeing this proliferation of disease in different ways now just because of the way we're adding this toxicity to our bodies it's really really something that we'd all be wise to pay attention to but so many people still write it off yeah it's estimated about 30 percent of the population is mildly sensitive to it maybe a little difficulty sleeping um about five percent are moderately sensitive to it and about one percent are extremely sensitive to it you know, where they can't be around um, Wi-Fi or cell phones, things like that. Yeah. And even if you clean up your own home, many people still work in offices or yeah. they may be visiting with relatives and you can't you can't ask you can't always ask your friends to shut off their, their Wi Fi. That that's a big ask now. Like I've stayed in Airbnbs where it was a problem with the host for me to turn off the Wi Fi because they had a security system and and you know they had a, a a smart thermostat that they were controlling and 
like it's it can be a real hassle to try to to try to live clean all the time you know what i mean yeah and i just tell people you know the most important is having a clean environment where you sleep and in your own home and for most people you know that will be good enough their body will be able to repair and heal at night and they'll be able to handle it when they go out it'll give them the best chance of of handling it um you know it's and then you, you look at schools um schools have some of the highest exposures that i've measured a few schools um private schools where they want me to come in and they'll typically have like a booster in most of the classrooms and it's extremely extremely high levels that these children are being exposed to so what can like what can parents do if their kids are at a in the public school system where just about every middle school elementary school high school has you know four or five towers sitting on the property or on the on the rooftop like what what do people do in that instance if they're concerned for their kids what do you tell people you know schools so far i i've i've not met even a private school who's hired me has not been interested in hardwiring you know and so i just give them some suggestions of okay well what in the classrooms where you don't need it like kindergarten and first grade maybe it can be turned off maybe it can be turned off where just temporarily where when it's not in use so we just talk about things to reduce the exposures but even in even in schools like i measured one where there was an antenna right in the steeple it was a church and a school and the highest exposure was still and they had one wifi router in the office and the highest exposure was still from that router in the office really yeah. not even the tower not from the tower wow that's fascinating yeah you and i mentioned the, the house next door to that and um yeah you know it was a couple thousand from from that cell tower in her house but it was 70 or 100,000 from her devices and her router so the biggest issues were still her her devices yeah yeah um i'm seeing smart meters everywhere now i don't have one on my home um i opted to keep the uh the the analog style yeah. meters without the uh you know without the emfs do you think those are a uh, a concern as well are those situational based on where they're located or are we still just getting bathed by all our neighbors who might still have smart meters if we don't have one on our home so generally it's not the biggest issue that i find unless people live in an apartment complex and there's a bank of them against for example their bedroom wall that's very serious um but if it's on a garage wall it's generally not going to be an issue in your home if it's on your neighbor's garage and then um that let's say is facing your your bedroom or a room in your house it can be that can be an issue they they also pulse out uh dirty electricity even if you um so for some people they'll even if they get what's called a digital meter where it's not emitting radio frequency but it still is putting out this this dirty electricity some people will still um 
feel symptoms from that. But in general, um, smart meters are something that, that people are aware of and are generally very concerned about, but I typically don't find it to be the biggest issue. And depending where you're located and who is your internet um, provider, or your sorry, your electricity ele electrical provider, you may or may not have an option for an analog meter. So I'm in yeah. northern Arizona, and here the best you can do is a digital. Um, it doesn't emit radio frequency, but it's not. It it has the dirty electricity, and in some places like California, you can, and some places in Arizona, you can still get an analog, and in California, you can still get an analog. Um, it just depends. And here, uh, it also depends if you have solar. Um, some uh, electrical companies will require a smart meter. So APS here in Arizona requires a smart meter if you want solar. So right, yeah, I've I've heard that. Um... The other thing I was going to ask you with regards to those is, uh, you know, on Amazon, they have those boxes that they sell that they put covers on those when they're an issue. Um, you're saying they're they're typically not the biggest issue when you do the assessments for your clients. Do you find those covers are helpful at all? Yes, they are. They're very good. Um, my favorite is one um, smart meter guard and it's smartmeterguard.com. It's a really good quality. And they'll reduce about uh, 95% of the signal. And so the um, it, it will still work enough to transmit enough of a signal so that the company still receives the information it needs. But it reduces at about 95%. Wow, that's pretty significant. Um, I, I had some someone ask me once how to tell if it's if it's a smart meter or or just a digital meter that doesn't emit emfs and uh my understanding was always that you look for that fcc license number or registration number is that accurate i like to probably i'm not sure um 100 i like to measure and i did have a client once who somehow she got sent one that had in theory been analog and it was still emitting it was I, it was, they took a digital and modified it and sent it to her. And, uh, so I, I, I just don't hundred percent trust without measuring. That's good to know. That's great information to share with people. Um, so 5g, we hear so much about it. Yeah. We hear so many varying opinions on it. Um, I've spoken to building biologists who are not concerned they're saying it's more of an outdoor issue right now just because of the way the smaller uh waves work can you can you give some insight into that is that a concern for people in residential situations if they see towers going up all around them that okay. 5g is going to be an issue okay so first what i need to clarify is what is 5g and um it means fifth generation so it was just what's coming next after 4G. And so it's not a particular technology. Okay. So 4G, 5G is typically, um, there's what's called low band, mid band, and high band. So low band is the same kind of frequency range that 
4G cell towers were. And so, like the uh, T-Mobile nationwide 5G rollout, that was yeah. low band. So very similar. It, it's it's different in that they've enhanced the protocols, but it's kind of just a continuation of advancement of the technology. Okay, and then there's mid band, and that is the free. It's in the similar frequency range as like wireless routers typically. And so both low band and mid band, they go through walls and windows very easily. And then there's what's called high band. And this is the millimeter waves. Right. And this is what's new and different. And there was a, so there's a lot of fear around this. And that's what people think of when they think of 5G. But these kinds of waves don't go through walls easily. And also from what I have seen of measurements, standing at a similar distance from a 5G antenna as a, um, like a millimeter antenna, as a 4G antenna, the, the exposure, the reading, it's much less. It might be 10% of what you would get from a 4G antenna or a 5G low band or mid band. Okay. So, uh, and the other thing too is the industry seems to be changing direction from what I'm hearing because, and if, if, if you have a 5G phone and you're, and it's mainly, it is true, it's for outdoor use mainly because it doesn't go through walls easily. And right. if you move, then um, the, you can lose the signal and it'll drop down to 4G. 4G is like the backbone of the 5G millimeter. And so the big issue, in my opinion, with 5G are the phones that have 5G on them. Because, you know, I said like a phone typically might measure one or two million. Well, if a, if a phone has 5G, it might measure 20 million. It's extreme. It's like a magnitude higher from what wow. I have seen. And that's... So if you're able to turn off the 5G on your phone, because we used to tell people to turn 4G off and let default to 3G, then that will help reduce exposures, you know? Is that function available that you've seen? Can you disable the 5G manually on newer phones? I haven't seen them. So. I don't know, because okay. I don't use a, um, I don't have a phone that has internet connection. You know, gotcha. I have a real yeah. basic phone. You used yeah. to be able to do it with the 4G phones, but I yeah. don't know on the 5G. Okay, I have a 4G and it does not, I can't disable it. I mean, I just have to turn off the cellular, but then the data's gone. So it's not much use, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you studied at the Building Biology Institute. Um, tell me about that. So that that's, yeah. that's a... a Institute of Higher Learning that talks about the healthy environment around us. It's a pretty unique place. You can't really get that education anywhere else, can you? No, it's a great, um, 
it's a great institution. And building biology started in Germany after World War II when homes were being rebuilt that were making people ill, like from toxic paints and things like that. And so it's the holistic study of how the built environment affects human health. So it includes indoor air quality, like mold, and it also includes healthy building construction as well as electromagnetic fields. And building biology came to the U.S. in 1987, and it's a nonprofit training and educational organization. And when I was looking to get trained in this, um, I looked around and I felt that it was the best training program available. And I still think that it's just, it's excellent. The protocols that they give you, they just lay it out in terms of how to best um, measure and mitigate electromagnetic fields. Yeah, and it's it's a great place to learn if you're not looking to you know, take this on professionally, but just want to educate yourself. Um, there are plenty of individual courses that are very reasonably priced yes. on there that one can purchase and just educate themselves on all these different things we're talking about just to be in the know because knowledge is power, as we both yes. know, right? Yeah. yeah, there's different levels of certifications. And yeah. um, also there's even just online classes. There's a great um, 101 class that I had to take for my certification. And it takes you through your whole house and you look at everything from your water to you go through your garage and your pantry and, and well, your cleaning supplies. And it was, it was really good. Yeah, that's great. I'll bet your house is like a sanctuary. You've probably just with your expertise, you've probably cleaned up everything. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, so I'm not sensitive to this stuff myself. But everything that I do in my home, uh, that I everything I recommend to my clients, I do in my home because I do it for my long-term health. And it took me like about a year, little by little, to get through my house and, you know, make it as clean as I could. And so I always tell people, don't let this overwhelm you. Just take it a step at a time. And every reduction in exposures is worth doing. Absolutely. And it's becoming more challenging, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are, everything is smart, enhanced now. So like you can't buy a fridge that doesn't have the Wi-Fi option. Um, we replaced a cooktop in our home a few years back. And I think that was the last one that you could buy that didn't have Wi-Fi on it. So everything is smart enhanced now. Everything seems like to have a wireless option. Same with a garage door opener. Again, yeah. it has a Wi-Fi option on it. Um, yeah. is that, does that come enabled already emitting or do you have to enable that? On the garage door opener? Yeah, just devices like that, that you've found. I think when I've been in homes that have the garage door opener, it's already emitting. Um, even like some air purifiers, they have a, a wireless, you know, component. And so we find things in, in homes that people just have no idea are, are emitting. It, and sometimes the, it can be also um, a socioeconomic issue. You know, the people who can 
afford the most expensive houses sometimes have the most unhealthy houses because they've just put in the most um it just it just amazes me the things i find in in some homes you know but even modest homes everybody's got like internet you know just everyone's got a computer or a cell phone or just about everybody you know yeah yeah definitely no it's uh it's it's becoming a fight to clean up our our environments but um you know it it's still a fight you can win if you just inform yourself and and like you said the smart way to do it is just take it step by step i just learned the other day that you can get um these uh heated socks that are controlled by an app on your phone <laughs> which I, I was blown away i'm assuming it's bluetooth yeah um and there's a vest option as well and uh i just i was shocked well um, but it, it's everywhere it's in I our mean, clothes now i mean <laughs> i've heard of like baby diapers that will give a signal when they're wet and have really? yeah breaks my heart um oh <sighs> another one of the worst ones is baby monitor that's like a router in a bedroom you know and right. there is a um, non-wireless baby monitor sold by Les CMF I just heard of. So there's solutions um, for just about all of this stuff. The other thing that kind of breaks my heart are the earbuds that you see yeah. a lot of people wearing. They're yeah. very powerful and they're right at your brain. Yeah. That's really serious. Um, yeah. Yeah, I always I always opt for the uh wired option. That's great. Yeah, that that's the only way to go. I'm 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 in that same tribe. I'm in your tribe, believe me. I know, it's nice. <laughs> but um it's like I live in two worlds, you know? Like I have this world where people are aware of it and experiencing symptoms from it, and then you have the regular world where people are oblivious and it's kind of sad for me. Sometimes I'll talk to someone and say, "Oh, you know, my brother-in-law investigates everything. He looks into everything, and and he'd never heard of this, you know. And it makes me sad, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's not popular information for obvious reasons, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, uh, real quick, Liz, how can people find you? So my website is emfhealthy.com, and I'm located in. I live in northern Arizona, and I serve central uh, Arizona, like mainly like the Phoenix area and northern Arizona. Okay. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. And uh, Liz Menkez, thank you so much for being here. This has uh, been very informative, and we appreciate you making the time. Thank you very much. I always love to share the information. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And that'll do it for this edition of the Natural Man Podcast. You know how to subscribe. Uh, hit that subscribe button and check us out online, naturalmanpodcast.com. We appreciate you guys. And uh, always reach out to us. We love hearing from our listeners. Naturalmanpodcast at gmail.com is our email. So uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. And uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Mike C. Stay healthy. The Natural Man Podcast. Hi, I'm Emily Roger. 
and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.